and welcome to the Builders Podcast, a show about entrepreneurs, artists, creators, developers, brands, and investors building the next generation of the internet, the Web3. If you are a builder or aspire to become one, you have come to the right place. In the first episode, I'm joined by Omri and Mike two of the co-founders of Dead Bird Society. Dead Bird Society is one of the most active sub-parliaments in the Moonbirds community. We talk about their Web3 journey, their vision for the NFT space, as well as the Dead Bird Society. And we also touch on Ghouls, their very own NFT project. Let's get into it. Awesome. I think we're live, guys. Thank you so much for joining. I'm super excited to record this podcast because I've been watching you guys for past couple months. You know, now you launched your own NFT and we're going to talk all about that. But let's just start with some brief introductions. Maybe Omri, you can kick it off. What's your background story and how did you get into Web3? I've been in Web3. I've been in technology and software at media companies my whole career. I was lucky enough to graduate from university as the dot-com boom was kind of going mm. crazy, but I was too young to capitalize on it. And so when I discovered Web3, it was almost like a do-over. And so yeah. I knew like I wasn't going to let this wave pass by. And, um, and so... I got introduced to Web3 first, like I think a lot of people, by mining Bitcoin. 2013, we did a hackathon at nice, the pretty early. At, yeah, we were lucky, but we didn't really know what we were doing. We had these miners, we took them home, we ran them for months, and then we just left it. Didn't even think about it for a few years. And then someone said, hey, all that Bitcoin we mined, it's actually worth not insignificant amount. You know, I got back into it earnestly in 2016, but missed the boat on Ethereum, like when it first came out. And it wasn't until probably January 2021 with NFTs and yeah. NBA Top Shot taking off that yeah. I went back in and I was like, this stuff is incredible. This is like way more amazing than just a currency, the whole smart contract thing. And then I really dived in and kind of went down the rabbit hole and I have a day job. So the whole Web3 thing has been... Part-time side hustle? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can relate to that. Yeah, that's awesome though. Mike, what about you? Is your story similar or is it very different? Similar and different. Yeah, for sure. I wish I wanted to buy Bitcoin in 2013. I actually specifically remember the exact place I was when my friend very old friend, old roommate texted me and said, you know about Bitcoin? I was like, no. And he sent me something. It was 2013. And I was sitting in my apartment and I sat on, it might've even been coin market cap watching, I literally staring at the price. I was like, it's went up $10. Yeah. Oh my, I was like, what is this thing? Didn't have any money to buy it. Then I was in school at the time for what I do now. I also have a day job and, and I didn't buy. And then Three years later, I actually just looked it up the other day, 2016, December 2016 on Gemini was my first Bitcoin purchase. The one I can remember anyway, I bought somewhere else too. I can't remember where. At. That's where it started for me. And I lived and breathed Bitcoin Reddit, BTC Reddit and Bitcoin Reddit, the two opposing ones. Yeah. I would say I'm a reformed Bitcoin maximalist at this point. Some shit coins here and there made actually made a pretty good chunk of money on all of that and then held through crashes and sold some, paid off debt, et cetera. 
I'm a collector at heart. I'm a, nice. when I found out that a baseball card could be rare and it was worth more because it was rare when I was in fourth or fifth grade. That was literally the beginning of my whole entire collecting journey of who I am. And that also as an, I'm an artist on the side too. But yeah, so then I could credit the pandemic and Gary V really talking about NFTs. And it's so funny, Top Shot just keeps coming up. NBA Top Shot got people into NFTs in such a broad way. It's so interesting. Um, and I listen to podcasts on all of this stuff. And then I bought NFTs. Started my first NFT I bought last year it was a Crypto Skull. And I overpaid way high for it. But it started the journey. Yeah, this is super interesting. I actually first got exposed to crypto, like really exposed in China back in the days when it was still like really booming here. There was not really too much banning of anything happening. And uh, I actually think that's the reason why I dismissed it first, because there was just too much scam. You would literally, as a foreigner living in China that is involved in tech back in the days, you would get all these companies coming to you and say, hey, we're launching a new project. We need a CMO. We need to make it more international. And I just, I was never really motivated by the money that they offered you and stuff like that. I always cared more about my reputation. And so I dismissed that first and uh, was only watching from the sidelines. And uh, Mike, similar to you, so I'm a big Gary Vee fan. I've been watching him for years and I actually did an event with him in Hong Kong. I think it's already like five, six years ago. It was my mistake, to be honest, because I was watching him for so many years, but I didn't buy his NFTs at first. I was like, I don't understand anything about NFTs. I don't know what this is. And so I'm just like going to wait and see. I check again after three months. And then I decided, hey, I need to start paying attention. I went down the rabbit hole. I started doing research and like listening to everything and just like trying to understand what NFTs are all about. And then, you know, I just decided to jump in. And actually Gary V NFT was one of the first NFTs that I ever bought and then started watching the space. And so I would say the NFT space is really something that brought me into crypto and Web3 in general, because I think the community aspect of it, that community ownership is something really that is close to my heart. And so did you guys actually meet through Web3? Omri and I have never met in person, by the way, which is wild <laughs> because I, talk to I him mean, so much. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, that'll change soon. But yeah, well, no, Dead Birds, I didn't have a proof pass. I missed proof, which is another whiff. I was yeah. a big Tim Ferriss fan. I feel like I listened to every Tim Ferriss podcast. I must have missed the Kevin Rose one or ones. I don't know how. But mm. honestly, I don't know if I would have bought the NFT then. I don't think I really understood it. I looked at CryptoPunks on my couch in 2017. I was like, what is this? I'm not doing this. I looked at Bored Apes. I remember where I was when I, Gary V's V friends were minting. I was like, that's not for me. So I've yeah. had many whiffs. We met through this. <laughs> I guess everybody in the space. If you're in this space long enough, you're going to miss more than you actually hit. And yeah. so you learn to get comfortable with that and not chase it or regret too much because you know what? There'll be something else coming pretty soon. But the core Dead Birds group didn't know each other. It was completely, okay. it was Mike that initially reached out on Twitter to a few of the skeleton moonbirds. And Sour Pappy, Mike, myself were the first three. OXFFFF was also in there, I think, at the beginning. Cosmoto Medici was there group. for a minute, too. Exactly. Oh, my God. We're on to something here. <laughs> he uh, laced us with so, one tweet. He uh, was like, sorry, guys, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that didn't slow us down. We still created a Discord. Nice. And before no time, like it was actually a pretty good group with some great conversation yeah. happening there with a lot of different skills. 
And that's the best thing about the group and why we've been as a sub-parliament able to do so much. There's so many different skill sets and no one has an ego. It's all about what can we do together. And I think that's made the difference. I fully agree. I joined because I saw that you guys were fundraising. I think it was the second time. I wasn't there from the very beginning, but the second time. And uh, I was just like, hey, this sounds interesting. And it was really, at that point, it was really exactly what I was looking for because, you know, I didn't have the liquidity to buy a Moonbird or even ProofPass, but I really wanted to get into the ecosystem because I felt like there is something special. Like just the vibes compared to all the other communities that I've been researching or I've been watching on Twitter, their content and see what people are doing. I don't know why, but just the proof ecosystem and Moonbird's ecosystem just speaks to me the most. So I joined and I think soon after I also got a Moonbird. I really, I'm really grateful for you guys. And obviously you have come a long way and we're going to talk about that, but let's get it out of the way. I'm just really curious. What was your first NFT guys? Like when you really got into the space Was it something, let's say, like a community-driven NFT or was it art-related NFT? What was your first thing that really got you excited? I think for me that it's really two different questions. So my first NFT had nothing to do with being excited. It had to do with trying to figure out how the company I work for could get into the NFT space. Where I work, they're affiliated with the Museum of Television. And so we have some of the, like the oldest museums in the world. It's like a $25 million collection. And so we were trying to turn those TVs into NFTs and see if like crypto whales would be interested. And so at that time, in order to get onto foundation, you needed to you need to get an invite. And in order to get an invite, you had to buy an NFT. And so I found some art that I thought was really cool. It was more for the utility of it. A little bit later, a month after that, I discovered art blocks. And being a techie, being a coder, I'm a bad coder, but a good software architect. I fell in love with the marriage of art and coding. And the fact that you as the minter are part of the creation process. That just blew my mind. And so I was lucky. Like I got in and I got a squiggle and I got a ringer and I got a fidenza. It wasn't as big a deal as they are nowadays. And so I was just at the right place at the right time. I really fell in love with gen art, ordered all the books and started learning, reading about it. How do you become a gen art? artist because i'm not a good artist like mike on your own but maybe i could be a pseudo artist if i use some of the coding skills maybe when i retire i'll spend some time on that awesome mike my first nft was crypto was a crypto skull one because of gary v but also i was certainly very aware of crypto punks and provenance and historical nfts and I know there's a whole, we could probably get into a discussion as to what, where that cutoff point of historical is and isn't, but it really vibed with what I thought I was interested in. And I have to give credit too, because I also made some physical pieces of my crypto skulls. That community really, that was the first discord I was in. If it wasn't for them, I don't think I would have been so eager to really dive in. So I was very Mm. warmly welcomed and I really appreciated that community and the floor price, whatever, I lost money on it. I still have it. I will never sell it. Then you didn't lose. If you didn't sell, you didn't lose. It's all good. (laughs) Correct. Correct. I love that piece because it got me into it. And 
I certainly bought many things on OpenSea that I would probably be embarrassed to talk about today. But those were more for, because I do have that collector flipper mentality in me also that mm. I was like, well, how do I build this portfolio? And, you know, um, it, most of them <laughs> really, Moonbirds really saved my ass. I'll tell you that much. I'm just such a bad flipper. I'm bringing always the I would say the value investing mindset, even into NFT. So I'm doing a lot of research before jumping in, trying to identify, like, how do I limit the risk? I always look at NFTs and especially even Moonbirds because who knows, right? It could go another 50% down. Who knows what's going to happen in the market? Liquidity is not there. Nobody is really buying. And I always look at it like, what else are you getting? What is the additional utility beyond the floor price? And uh, that's why I try to assess the communities, the people that are in there so that, yeah, even if it's financially not going to be a great investment, theoretically, then I'm going to get other value out of that stuff. And so that's usually something I'm looking for, especially during these times. I'm super bullish, obviously, but uh, it may take five years before we potentially revisit the all-time highs <laughs> again of some of those collections. And guys, I just want to transition. So you're builders now. You started with Discord, basically building this community. I guess we can call it DAO as well, or should we? how should we call it? Yeah, it's not really a DAO. I think we made yeah. a conscious decision. Having a egalitarian open, we have a saying in Dead Birds, which is dead is dead. And what we mean <laughs> by that is that everyone's equal. Right. When you're yeah. dead, it doesn't matter how much money you had or how many kids you had or whatever. And so <laughs> that kind of underscores everything we do. And you're in the discord. So you see, we don't create levels and mm -hmm. everyone, regardless of if they minted at point one or they minted at 60 ETH, they are treated the same. And I think that's a big part of what we're trying to accomplish and who we're trying to attract. I really like it. And so that leads me to my question. What is your vision for the NFT space from the builder's perspective, building your own projects and obviously investing, collecting? I even like your position because you're both saying, hey, I have a day job. This is my passion. So this is my side thing that I'm doing. What is your vision for the space? What would you like to see from NFTs, let's say in five to 10 years? As an entrepreneur myself, I actually own my own business and have a few in the past. If this were to show me that it was time to maybe change and go full-time into this, I would, because yeah. as an artist, I, this is NFTs and this whole thing has brought back my core. I got the things I remember the most from when I was a tiny child was playing with toys, transformers, drawing and playing my Nintendo from an early age. Just the idea that art can do that in a digital way, I think is really important. As a vision, we've talked a lot about that. And I think I'm an art collector myself too, and really want art to be at the forefront of a lot of what we do. But also mm. in real life stuff is so important as well. And I have not been able to go to any of the NFT parties, yeah. none of it. I used to live in New York City. As soon as I leave New York City, NFT NYC shows up. If we can, if this stuff can do that and bring people together. And I also think too, God forbid it all falls apart. Nothing of it works out. It's like the experience, this, what we're doing now will help us in the future in some way. Awesome. Omri, what about you? And maybe you can even go beyond just what you guys are doing, because we're going to get into that a little bit later. I want to go pretty deep, hopefully on all things, what you're planning, what you're doing, but what's your vision for the space in general? What would you like to see from 
everyone else building or even brands coming into it. Companies like yours, you mentioned that that's how you got into the space at the first place. So what would you really like to see from the space? When you invest so much personal time into a space, there better be a good reason, right? Especially <laughs> when you have a wife and kids and like all the other demands. And personally, I love golfing as well. And so this is definitely taken away from all those things. But yeah. I think deep down, what really attracts me is, and it's probably a naive kind of position, but is the idea that blockchain technology and especially decentralization and all the disruptions that I believe and that people believe who love this are going to happen in the world and how all of these old Web2 structures, whether they're companies, whether they're governments, whether they're our currency system or whoever, like whatever it is, you know, at the end of the day, I've fully bought into the idea that blockchain is going to revolutionize mm. everything. You know, the dot-com boom and the internet has been an incredible wave, but I think this is going to be three times that wave and it's going to last a lot longer and affect people so much. And so, you know, even at Dead Birds, we talk about it being a place for like-minded people to come and hang out. We have a chill vibe and our New York party was kind of, in a way, complete opposite of the Moonbirds party, because you could really hear people, you could talk to people. Uh, I love <laughs> That's both, what I don't like. get me wrong. I love <laughs> both of them. We have an appreciation for art and community and building, but we also identified that we wanted to connect to something bigger. And dead birds as a metaphor also could be actual dead birds and what's happening in our environment, what's happening in the mm. world with the loss of biodiversity and conservation. And we've spoken as a group and we've said, you know, as we get bigger, as our treasury gets bigger, we want to funnel resources and funds into that realm of things. I think it's important to have a vision that goes beyond just making a quick buck or having yeah. a good time. And I think that's one of the things that's so amazing about Proof and in particular about Dead Bird Society. One of the things that really struck me and still does about Bitcoin and the idea of the environment and the nonsense that it's horrible for the environment, that whole discussion, mm. like how the current system is just primed to fail in some way and how this idea of the blockchain of Bitcoin and Ethereum can really change that and really change the world for the better. I think, again, I love Gary Vee. I feel like I just keep quoting him, but I think it was him that said, it starts as, I think it was him. It starts with toys and the toys become mainstream. At first, it looks like a toy. It's just uh, NFTs. What is that? But I really, truly can't see how it can't change everything. You can quote Gary Vee all day long. I really dig his content. I listen to his interviews and to his podcast. And he talks about this, you know, how plane tickets are going to be NFTs and collaborations with artists. And I just, I can see it so clearly. Obviously, it's going to take some time, but I think it just makes so much sense. I wanted to say, Omri, just to react to what you were saying. I like it a lot. And this even makes so much sense for the Moonbirds DAO, right? What they just announced that like they're going to support different projects. Are you guys already, let's say, applying or are you preparing for that? We have had initial discussions about being excited when they announced the Moonbirds DAO, yeah. because maybe that is a way to help us with funding the sub-parliaments and what we're doing. Yeah, certainly. And we're at the stage, I think we're like 
probably the first or second inning of growth. We're yeah. still embryonic in a way. And yeah. so we'll talk about the ghouls drop and central reason for doing what we've done here is so that we can start amassing a treasury. And that yep. treasury will allow us to do all the things that we want to do. Of course, that's not the only reason, but we need that treasury. And so if we can get help from Moonbird's DAO or from the Nouns DAO, they have a proposal system and a huge treasury. And I think this recent drop was a great example of what we're capable of doing. And so if we're pitching to proof or nouns, there's a little bit of validation that we can actually mm. deliver. When did you actually start working on the NFT project, like beyond Discord setup and stuff? How long is that? Oh, what is well, it now? It's September? Yeah, it's September, early September. We need Philip. We have a Dead Birds member named Philip who just tweeted basically yeah, I saw your history. I, and I was reading it going, like I was learning stuff and I was there. <laughs> you know, like, it, it was incredible. He's like an archivist. Like, we need an archivist. And yeah, no, it was amazing. I, I don't know. Middle of was, June. Let's get into that because I really want to understand what goes into that. So we talked a little bit about the beginnings and the vision that you have for, let's say, your group, your community, etc. Let's talk a little bit about the operations. I really enjoy business operations. I love building and scaling startups. And so I would love to really understand in the Web3 world, NFT world, what do you need to like pull this off within the couple of months? So you have Discord, you have a bunch of community members, part-time members, but then you say, okay, let's take it to the next level. We want to have treasury. We want to launch an NFT project. We want to do so much more. So what do you need to put in place to actually be able to even start something like that? I started drawing because that's what I do. And I just started drawing Moonbird traits with a skeleton theme and posted it in the Discord. I actually wanted to make a shirt and I still do want to make a shirt of a grave, like a headstone with these traits around it. I posted that in there and Sour Poppy like pinged me. He was like, dude, I like that. Keep drawing. I was like, okay, nice. they don't got to tell me twice, right? <laughs> he didn't even, it wasn't an NFT. It wasn't anything he's doing. This could be something. And we started talking and then we, and then I met him for the first time via Zoom and we saw each other's face and we started to talk and he used to live in Williamsburg or in Greenpoint and I lived in Brooklyn. And so we, we had that connection and we're similar age, kids, et cetera. And he's, I think there's something here. So it started as that. And then it became, once we figured out what it was going to look like, then there's a whole tokenomics thing, which yeah. I'm very novice in. That's Sour Poppy and Omri for sure talking. And then there's a whole front end website that's Omri. And then there's the back end, which is Zero X, Quadruple F, and some other people. Apparently there's other devs that I don't even know about. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody too. So it, it was truly an organic thing. Nice. It just came out of, I'm not going to say it came from me, but I did make a drawing and we decided to do it. It was just me. So it would never have, it would not have happened to the scale that it happened anyway. It goes back to the old paradigm error saying that you're only as good as the people around you. And there really isn't anything special about Dead Bird Society, except the incredible group of people that just came together. And I attribute that completely to Proof and the people that were attracted to Proof. You mentioned a bunch of people. There was also Lavocado who did the designs. And we had a few different people helping on testing and then on the marketing and the communication. Nice. And so like, it's incredible the number of people that went into this, but also no one got paid. 
people even went beyond that and contributed funds to get something done. Nice. I've been in working on digital products for 20 years, mm. and I've never seen this constellation of incredible people come together, especially like normally you attract talent by paying them premium dollars. Yep. Here we're attracted by really a vision and values and a platform. And it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. And it speaks to the community again, right? I just want to understand because I'm a dummy when it comes to blockchain development and stuff. So can you guys like really for people like me or even others that are maybe looking to start their NFT project? So let's say, Mike, you do the drawings. So you create the traits, you create how it's going to look like. And what needs to happen then to basically create that minting experience? Like, is it automatically generated as well? You work away on your iPad on Procreate with your Apple Pencil for months, staying up all night after your family has gone <laughs> to bed. And then we used a website called Bueno, uh, nft.bueno.art, which you upload all of your files into that. And then okay. you just tweak the knobs and you tell it how many you want it to spit out. And you ah. just start generating. Now that okay. that platform will also allow you to launch it from there in some way. But since we had devs on our side, we Makes decided sense. not to do that. We decided to use it just for the generation and for the exporting of just the images and then do all the other stuff within our internal team. But what's so cool about that website is that it really allows you to play with the traits and you do it enough times, you start to see errors. You start to realize, oh, that ah. doesn't that. So it's, there is a lot of that. I can't tell you how much time me and Sour Poppy spent just me and him, like sending <laughs> messages back and forth and me uploading stuff and looking at it. And he, and he's like the sober sort of, uh, I'm like the artist. I'm like, everything is great. I appreciate another set of eyeballs. And he happens to be in a business where that sort of thing is what he does. So again, it's just like another magical Moonbirds Skelly's moment that, but so basically that tool, Bueno Art really took out a lot of the generation process. Makes um, sense. So that makes it a little easier, but still mm -hmm. it was all hand drawn. Everything is hand drawn. Wow. So can yeah. I imagine that like when you put it into the tool, so let's say you choose three different traits. So we can say, okay, you have the, let's say even I see you have the firehead, for instance. So you would create that and then that tool would automatically put it on different designs. And then you check, oh, does Correct. this make sense? Does it fit? Maybe it doesn't fit. Correct. You need to change it and you play around with that. Correct. Do you imagine that this is getting better with all the AI that we're seeing, DALI and everything? I can imagine that this process must be improving rapidly, right? I could see that being the case. So instead of yeah. Mike and Sour Pappy having to go through a thousand different variations, yes. and imagine if the collection was 10,000, like how exactly. do you do that? And yeah. so if you apply an AI to that, it could probably save 50% of the time or the effort of yep. weeding out. You can't have something with two noses or what I loved about Bueno Art was at the end, when you took this like mountain of work that they've done, it exported all of the metadata and all of the assets, the artwork and uploaded the artwork into the IPFS. Nice. And so that was a really great place to start doing the next steps. So the next step was building the front end where you'd actually mint from. And that took, there was design work and then there was actually the coding work. Yeah. And at the same time, 
OXFFFF started working on the Solidity contracts and the whole blockchain stuff because there aren't many devs that are good at front end and mm. Solidity. And so mm. it's a completely different beast. But then we had to do the bridge between the front end and the Solidity contracts, the back end. That bridge is what actually ended up taking quite a bit of time and care and effort. You don't want to screw up mint day and yeah. uh, people are pretty passionate about it. Those were the different levels. And we had different people working on each level to get it done. It's amazing. Honestly, I'm still really impressed, guys, because you said nobody's full-time. Everybody's just hustling, side hustling. And you were able to orchestrate everything. For my time zone, I was not able to mint... Uh, you know, exactly on the time when you guys started, but I minted this morning. It's really interesting that you pull it off because like many even bigger projects just have issues all the time. You were asleep yeah. when there were the hiccups. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Not I'm bad. lucky. Not too I'm bad. lucky. Not too bad. It wasn't bad. For some people, it was a perfect experience. They went onto the site. They were able to connect. They were able to yeah. mint. But for other people who were on the allow list, they went on the site and they weren't able to connect. And so we had to scramble and figure out like, why is it working for some people, not other people? And eventually we traced what the issue was and probably took us about an hour to get that piece fixed. And But the community was great and they're actually helping us. Oh, it's working now, it's not working here. Or nice. Whatever the case may be. So That's really awesome. Okay, cool. This is awesome. And I just have a couple more questions left, but I really want to get into your NFT project, which just minted a couple hours ago. Tell us a little bit more about that. How does it fit into the whole story? Obviously, we talked about the treasury. We talked about these bigger plans, but let's talk about the art. Let's talk about everything else that comes to your mind. Just introduce that project to the audience a little bit better, a little bit more in depth. Mike, do you want to kick it off? Because sure, it's, your, yeah. um, it's your baby. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. As much as I love PFP projects, we decided to have a low amount on purpose. That's number mm. one. So even though it is a PFP, I envision this project. I envision Google more as a pass, not so much like a proof pass, more like a Zeneca thing where, where it's like you're in, now you're in the discord. You're part of this on a topical level. I see it a little bit more like that. Now, of course, I'm pumped to see anybody rocking a ghoul as a PFP for sure. I'm a little conflicted. I don't know. Do I do it? Because I have, and I minted my Skelly Firebird. I, nice. uh, I have not changed it since April, whatever day of the mint was. So I'm a little conflicted, but I might do it. With that being said, I'm super passionate about art, like we've talked about. And Omri was talking about art blocks and I don't have a squiggle yet, but I'm certainly working on it. I'm really interested in education in that realm, like for instance, let's say FX hash. I see a lot of people talking about it. I have absolutely no idea. Obviously I could figure it out, but I'd rather have the personal touch of someone be like, Hey, here's how you do this or check this out. So I think if we pulled this together in four months, like an educational thing where every member of dead bird society, almost like a seminar, right? Gets to sit down on this day, or if you don't mm. know, it'll be recorded. You want, and let's do FX hash 101 or Hey, you've heard about our blocks a hundred times, but here's actually what it is. Sit down and let's learn about it. And then at the end, let's mint something. So I really see the educational nice. element being like a really big part of it. It's so cool. Like for instance, you showed us, you sent us the link of that Gary V thing that you did. It's, Dang, I had no idea you did stuff like that. I don't know really what else you're passionate about, but like these people are coming out of the woodwork. So who knows what we've got floating around in our tiny little discord. Yeah. So I think that's really, I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about going to a 
party with you guys. I can't <laughs> wait <laughs> to do that. So Art Basil, I think, is on, next on our list. Uh, so nice. I see or, that. Or Halloween this being, one, right? Or Halloween I mean, that's party, your thing, guys. Are, that has to be your thing. Yeah. You need to make it your thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd love that. I'd love that. And then I would say, in general, like, I really just... I want, I just want to see people excited about what we're doing. I can't say it enough. It feels magical. I think that I know other sub parliaments, they're great, but I feel like there's some magic going on in ours. When I minted that thing, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait a minute. This doesn't look nice. like any of the birds I've seen. And then it turns out, right, there's 150 or 175 of us in this group. And, and so I'm just really excited about like the potential for what we're building here. Amazing. Omri, what's your take? What's something that, you know, obviously I think you have a huge vision, but what is something that is right now in front of you guys and you're super excited to bring it into that community, especially leveraging, let's say this PFP, this NFT project? I guess it was about uh, three weeks ago, we launched our own marketplace. We yeah. call it the underground. It's a aggregator marketplace but it also allows you to list directly on it. And so for anything that lists directly on it, and in particular ghouls, and we're hoping that instead of OpenSea, people are trading and listing on the underground, we will get a royalty that then goes into our treasury and then allows us to continue to build. And so for one, the fees are lower than they would be on other marketplaces, but you are contributing back to the community if you exchange there. So I'm excited about ghouls helping to drive awareness to this marketplace. And once we get a critical mass of volume there, then I think that'll further help encourage transactions there. That's one of the things. I'm also really excited about the people who are going to be introduced to our ecosystem, not just yeah. dead birds, but the proof ecosystem by extension. Yes. By minting a ghoul, you know, exactly. that don't have a moonbird, that don't have an oddity. I'm hoping that we're hoping that we'll see an influx of new people who are attracted to us for all the reasons that we're all there. And it comes back to the earlier point. We're only as good as the talent that we have, or the people on our bus. And so ghouls is an incredible way to bring other talents into our world. Exactly. Like when I talk to people about ghouls, basically... I always pitch it as, hey, you can get into an amazing community, plus it's an extension of Proof Ecosystem, right? Because you guys are sharing all the lessons learned because you have a Proof Pass yourself, you acquired it together with your community. So you have access to all the information, all the research and everything. Obviously, it cannot be shared outside. That wouldn't make any sense. That needs to be controlled. But still, if you're part of that Discord, you can have access to these things. And I feel like 0.1 ETH is like a really tiny price for having access to all of this information that normally you would have to spend 50 ETH or whatever is the price of Proof Pass today. That's just a no-brainer, absolute no-brainer for me. You hang out in the Discord long enough, you're surrounding yourself with a community, a small enough community. There's a bunch of people in Proof, in Dead Birds. There's a bunch of people in Moonbirds, in Dead Birds. It's not top heavy or bottom heavy. It's a good mix. You know, we didn't really talk a lot about the Deadpool, really. I know Omri just mentioned it where we've pulled funds to buy right. skeleton birds and a proof pass. And if we decide to open that up for another round, uh, or if we do another whole nother 99, obviously if you, only ghouls or DBS members will be possible to do that. I forgot to mention too, I'm really excited about 
I'm really excited about proof in general and what they talked about with the future proof and the proof curated as an artist. I'm like, holy shit, that sounds yeah. amazing. For but you, also it must be super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I need to get my ass in order and start making some stuff. Yeah. You got to get it out there, but you got to get, get, <laughs> get on the list. But also I feel like high rise, like they showed us high rise, but I don't think we really got to see high rise. I can't see them not having, if we're thinking it's like an apartment building or whatever, floors or buildings like sub parliaments being a shell or a room or a conference room or an apartment in the high rise. I just can't see how that's not possible. So I'm really excited for that opportunity for dead birds and for ghouls and how that relates. So that's, I mean, really, I still feel like we don't really know a lot about that. Sometimes you wake up and you're like dreaming about all the things you shouldn't be thinking about, yes, like all yes. the meetings you have. And so I woke up and I had this thought, oh my God, Kevin and Proof, they're going to buy DECA and how it's all about your personal galleries and the way it's represented and their description yep. of high rise and what it could be from a curation perspective. Mm. And uh, anyway, so the thought was, oh, are they going to buy, how amazing would it be if, like how big would it be if they shocked us by making some acquisitions? So DECA.art could be one. What about Discord? Imagine if, they decided, oh, man, let's just buy Discord and make it better and web 3 it. I could see them doing something like that. That's very interesting. Yeah, I honestly don't know what is the valuation of Discord, if it's even possible at this point. But I am so stoked about Proof. Just all the indicators. I just see it so clearly that they're going to build up a Web3 social network because Kevin has done it many times in Web2. And uh, maybe he didn't succeed eventually, but he has so much experience. Alexis, investor, first investor, and he built up Reddit. And they have all of these yeah. resources and they know what's wrong with Discord. They know what's wrong with all these platforms. So many scams and hacks and whatever these bots. And I think they can just do it much better. And obviously yeah. they're going to start with arts, with the artists, because that's their spiel. That's what they want to focus on, but ultimately they can open it up to everyone. And that's something that obviously, I don't know, I have no insider information, but it just makes so much sense with all their talent, with all their experience, that that's something what they want to do. Actually, that's something that I wanted to react to what you guys mentioned. I think that there's just so much value to be uncovered in this kind of like really building real connections between people in Web3, because my feeling when I join, I don't even react to DMs, you know, because everybody knows that it's full of scams. You should not click on anything. You should not add anybody from Discord, etc. And so, like, how do you actually connect with people? I'm in the same <laughs> Discord, but there is this kind of stigma. Oh, maybe you're a scammer. And I think there's just so much value in hosting these kinds of events where people can show faces, maybe PFPs, whatever, but they can actually interact and build a trust. And then they can connect in a real life or real life may be the best, but even let's say you're in Asia, you're in New York, you cannot meet in person, but you can build that connection and do something together. And so this real community building in Web3, I think it still has so much to be built. And these kinds of like sub parliaments or like these micro communities, I think that's the real opportunity there. I'm super excited for that. And you guys are definitely doing a great job. Maybe... One last question to close this section, and then I just have a couple more short ones, and I will let you go because I'm sure you guys are tired after the crazy midday. But uh, what is your biggest lesson learned so far from all this stuff that we discussed? 
Sure. It's a hard question. I think the biggest thing I've learned is, I don't know if you guys remember last August was very different than this just August that just ended because NFTs were going bonkers. Everything was Mm. like flying. And you always do this thing where you look at your OpenSea collection and you calculate how much dollars that is if you sold everything. And Mm. so I did this like all-time high calculation and had a moment where it was like, holy shit, like in the real world, this is life-changing. I've created and sold companies and I've had a few wins, but this was like next level type Mm. of win. And I didn't sell. And of course, everything went down. But the lesson that I learned is it's not about the money. Like I actually felt nothing about being in a position where I could have sold and it would have multiplied my net worth by a good multiple. And so it's it was amazing. It was actually like a gift that made me mm. realize, wow, like it, it really is empty and that you need to value and care about things that are not about money. And so I think that's the biggest thing I've learned. Yeah. And how to deal with your all-time high dropping by 90%. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just to jump on that, and then I'll get to my answer. The idea of nothing is really free, right? At the end Mm -hmm. of the day, you have to put at least time in. So if you put money in and it goes down, like you were saying, like, what did I learn out of this? The education is priceless, right? Because I don't know what the number is. It's a million or 2 million people own an NFT or some tiny little number. Just think about where we will be as people who have gone through this in a year, three years, five years, 10 years. But some of the stuff that I've really learned, or I feel like is like a lesson is if you're on the periphery and I'm a very, I'm a very much like a think about it for a long time before I make Mm. a decision type, especially with money. First of all, do your research, get in a discord, get on Reddit, Twitter, et cetera, but put some skin in the game. Once you're ready to put some skin in the game, learn what MetaMask is, learn what it looks like. See, make a mistake, get a ledger, do it. If you're interested in what we are doing, it's like dead birds or the idea of an NFT project, learn what Neosis safe is, learn how that works, learn what prisms, just learn about these words of what people are doing. Get on the website, yeah. look at it, watch YouTube videos about how this stuff works, what it'll look like when you do it. Cause it then just, it just becomes second nature. And then it doesn't become like ethereal. Like, I do it, but it seems so hard. You just do it. And then you're like, oh, that's not that bad. I also really learned what being coming from sort of the Bitcoin side, I learned liquid versus illiquid and the Mm. idea of Bitcoin, I can just sell it when I need to. Oh shit, I'll just sell this NFT when I need to. And it's no, actually you sell it when somebody wants to buy it. That was, I know that sounds stupid, but it was like, I actually had to break that cryptocurrency idea of like market sell, like just sell it. Somebody will buy it versus someone actually needing to be on the other end of that deal. So that was a big, that was like, oh. And it seems like a, such a duh moment, but it was like, oh, of course. Yeah. So I would say get some skin in the game. Bear market, great time for skin in the game. Of course. Yeah, yeah. And I oh think it God. comes down to what you guys also mentioned, what you're trying to do with your community is the education is just so important, you know, because obviously, yeah, we're playing around. We have been in the space for a while, but there's just so many more people that have not even heard and maybe they're going to get interested because they read some TechCrunch article and they need to learn all of these things from zero. Just pounding the education day in, day out, having those resources set up and make it as easy as possible for people to access those resources. That's what we need. 
for the collective to get better and bigger. That's just super, super important. Awesome, guys. Just two more questions. Really curious. Where do you get your Web3 knowledge? So we just discussed education is important. Do you guys only rely on proof or do you guys have any other maybe less known resources that are your go-to? So is it a podcast? Is it a book? Is it something that you could share with people that are really interested to learn more? I'm big time on podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to Gary V, like I said, Overpriced JPEGs with Carly. I yeah. like that one a lot. I like, I'm a big Twitter spaces person too. Like I, nice. I, I'm big on routine. So I definitely am a 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. There's a show called Coffee with Captains, part of the DJ network that they actually <laughs> nice. just minted their NFT yesterday also. And it's actually like a smaller, I listen to Rug Radio too and Nifty Gateway, but this 8 a.m. show, it's usually a little bit of a smaller room, 100 people, 200 people. They go over NFT stuff there. And Twitter is a good place to, I thought Twitter is a good place to take info from. It's a good place to know what's going on and then do your mm. own research. So that's a big part of it too. A lot in proof, a lot yeah. in the moon. I, I don't really even go in the Moonbirds it, once in a while uh, on the proof discord. It's really, it's a dead birds. If there's anybody, I'm like, what is this thing? Somebody knows about it or somebody's talking. Yeah, about I'm sure. Omri, what about you? Do you have yeah. any resource that is less known? No, I would agree with Mike, all those things that he said. I'm a grazer and I'll use Discord and Twitter. It's hard. The Discord stream, it's like drinking from the fire hose. You just yes. can't. You can't make sense <laughs> of it. So I also love the smaller groups. That yeah. helps. The other way I learn, and because I'm a techie, is by building. And so when you're forced, even like building ghouls, like the tech side of project. I learned so much, not just by talking to the other devs, but also talking to the people behind Prism or the people behind all of the different technologies we use. I find that those meetings are amazing for learning mm -hmm. about what tech stacks they're using, what projects they see are coming down the road. And yeah, I think it's more ad hoc. And we should shout out to BitFloor's Ghost, his daily newsletter. Yes, I read true. that. And now... Craig's podcast with yeah. BitFloor's Ghost. Great yeah. podcast. Can't believe we forgot to shout it out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And it's hard. You're always not going to have enough time to keep up yes. with everything. Yeah. And so I think more important than trying to keep up with everything is figure out the two or three things you're going to focus on and focus on them, build against that, learn against that. And then when that's done, then reconstitute your two or three things. Don't try to boil the ocean. Don't try to do too many things. It's too hard. It's too hard. And it's okay to totally miss out. It's okay to totally yeah. miss out on a tech, on a project, on whatever. Yeah, don't let the FOMO influence you too much. <laughs> yeah. That can be dangerous. But no, guys, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Really appreciate it. Maybe can you just mention what is the best way for people to find you? Can you mention websites? Can you mention your Twitter handles? Like whatever you want to mention, please mention so that people can find you. Obviously, I'm going to link everything in the show notes, even all the podcasts and everything we talked about. Just mention whatever you want to mention. I'm just on Twitter at Omri. Best way to reach out to me. My DMs are open. Yeah, happy to connect with anyone. At the Mike Elf on Twitter, and then Deadbirds is going to be at Deadbirds underscore IO. The website is dot IO, and then our NFT website is Ghouls G H O U L S dot Deadbirds dot IO, and there's Underground, which I believe is going to be Underground dot Deadbirds dot IO. Is that right, Omri? Yep, that's it. Uh, and then I think, yeah, I think that's it. 
Awesome. Guys, Omri, Mike, I'm super, super excited to see what you guys are going to build. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Same. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Builders Podcast. If you enjoyed it, consider subscribing and leaving a five-star review. And most importantly, always do your own research. Until next time.